Uh, this is a moment that cannot wait. As a matter of fact, we may be behind schedule. At this tick of the watch, the whole world is watching a genocide unravel right before our eyes, and we are being met with silence in every conceivable form, the House, the Senate, and even the White House. But the prophetic responsibility of the body of Christ is to cry loud and to spare not. And so tonight I have uh, come to uh, clear my throat with prophetic voices who are right on the cusp and the precipice of change, who believe that the body of Christ cannot sit idly by, but must, in the words of uh, James Weldon Johnson, we must lift every voice. I am uh, grateful for uh, my comrades in the struggle, uh, Pastor Mike from uh, California and Reverend Faid, uh, who's right here in Georgia, who have been uh, my uh, comrades in this struggle uh, to uh, find liberty and justice for all. I know it seems like a fleeting notion, but we believe that it is an achievable ideal in our lifetime. Uh, this all uh, began to unravel uh, when Pastor Mike uh, pulled together 1,000 clergy uh, to sign and to take out a full-page ad in the New York Times. Pastor Mike, thank you so much for uh, being with us uh, on today. I'm grateful uh, for your service and thankful for your fire and thankful for your conviction. I want you to talk about what made you do it and why it was important. Well, it's great to be here with you, Pastor Jamal and Reverend Fahid. I mean, it is for all of us uh, a very important moment to ensure that we are on record and that our voices are counted among the faithful. You know, certainly we know that there are a lot of versions of Jesus running around in the world today. Uh, folk have turned Jesus into a warmonger. Folks have turned Jesus into a racist. Folks have turned Jesus into an imperialist. But there are always a faithful group of folk who are reminded that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. That's right. And so our voices are uh, being raised so we can be counted among the faithful who can continue to proclaim that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Obviously, uh, in the homeland, the land that produced Jesus, <laughs> we are and we're witnessing uh, after a horrific attack on October 7th. Uh, by Hamas, uh, the response was and continues to be not only disproportionate, but it is of genocidal proportions. This is not language that is hyperbole, but this is language that even now the United Nations has affirmed to be an accurate description and plausible based off of the evidence we have on the ground. 30,000 uh, individuals killed in four months, the overwhelming majority of them are civilians and wow. children and women. In the first two weeks, we started to get word that the number had been approaching 7,000. We were getting word from our Palestinian pastor friends in the West Bank, that means Bethlehem, in parts that are not even considered the Gaza Strip, that churches, schools, hospitals, playgrounds, apartments were being bombed indiscriminately. Folks were being told to leave their homes, leave their churches, leave hospitals, go to other parts of the, the, the uh, Gaza Strip. And when they went to those places, they were met with bombs. 
we were being told that folks in the West Bank, again, which is not Gaza, but another part of Israel-Palestine, uh, not even a part of the conflict, were being literally kidnapped from their churches, their homes, put in uh, detention centers without process. So our response very quickly was, how do we ensure that we call uh, the administration into account to ensure, number one, that they knew what we were hearing. We did not want to assume that they knew. We wanted to know quickly from them, is this the official position of uh, the White House, of our federal government, that we were in favor of these activities? If so, we wanted to go on record as Black pastors and say that we believe there needs to be a bilateral ceasefire. We believe there needs to be humanitarian aid uh, at the level of devastation. Just as a point of reference, over 500 trucks of food, of, of, of supplies, pre-October 7th, were being allowed into Gaza. Once the bombardments uh, started, less than 50 were being allowed into a region of the country that was already literally on life support. We said that if there was devastation at that level, we needed to make sure humanitarian aid was yes. being added into the region. And we said we needed to make sure that there was a peaceful process. That became our clarion call. We took the, the, the ad out in the newspaper because we did not want it to be a uh, echo chamber within our own voices. We wanted to go much broader. In less than a week, 1,000 black church faith leaders responded, signed their names, to the petition, and here we are. Some four months later, we are now 30,000 dead, but our voices have been on record, and I would dare say, Pastor Jamal and Reverend Fahid, it is our voices that have literally, I believe, moved uh, this administration to consider another way forward. No, I'm grateful. What you have done has really um, percolated a movement amongst uh, conscientious clergy around the country so much so uh, that it has left an indelible footprint in the state of Georgia. Uh, Reverend Fahid, I want you to talk about how, uh, since that letter, how clergy from all different faiths and convictions are now uh, finding themselves mobilized around this effort and raising awareness. I want to say special thanks to you, uh, Reverend Bryant, because uh, the people here, we had an inter, uh, you know, not interfaith, it's basically a group of Christian, Jewish, Muslim, and everyone uh, come together, and uh, we discovered your name with another four or five other names from Atlanta, their name in the New York Times, that one page. And uh, when uh, Samia and several people called your office because of your welcome. And you said, come to New Birth. And not only any Sunday or any day, you come uh, the day before, uh, you know, December 24th at 10 o'clock. We're going to have the gospel read in Arabic. We're going to hear something is singing in Arabic. We need to tell the world about Palestinian Arab Christians that they are alive and kicking in that part of the world. So. Our community have was moved by New Birth. And I think we need to have that as a model 
in every other city that can uh, uh, follow you. So uh, we went after uh, uh, the clergy here. As of now, we have more than 200 uh, uh, clergy uh, people from all faiths signed for a ceasefire. I want to inject a little bit about uh, my background. Uh, I grew up 25 miles northwest of Nazareth in the gallery area, so a child of the Nakba. So after 55 years, uh, Reverend Jamal, it's amazing the way the power of the media that said everything started when? Uh, October the 7th. Nothing right. happened before. So as I think about, uh, you know, my uh, childhood, I was a four-year-old kid in 1948. And uh, the only thing I remember about that uh, war is going with my father, five sisters and two brothers in home. As a child, uh, you are close to mother. So I see myself every time I look at the television and see the children in Gaza. I see myself running around dad, five sisters and two brothers looking for my mother. And uh, suddenly she was on the top of the roof waving her hand. We left her and we went to a Druze uh, village called Yirka. Uh, to the mountain. After several months, we came back. And when we came back, uh, we were in villages next to my village were destroyed to the ground. That means in 1948-49, when the state of Israel was established, according a Jewish historian by the name of Alan Papi, 530 villages and towns were destroyed to the ground and uh, 750 to a million Palestinians became refugees in Lebanon, in Syria, in the West Bank, in Jordan, in Gaza, and also, and uh, that means the new state of Israel was created in the ruins of the homes and the villages of the of the uh, Palestinian people. So as I as I think about it. Uh, as a teenager, I always wanted to ask my mother why she did not go with us. And I discovered my mother is wrong. And uh, my dad was a farmer. And she said to him, you take the children, you can protect them. I'm going to stay here. This is our home. Our land, our church, they need to come home. And she lived to be uh, uh, 86, dad uh, uh, 96. But a lot of people are not aware what happened to us, Reverend ja uh, Jamal and uh, Reverend Mike. Yes. Uh, 1948 uh, to 1966, I am a citizen of the state of Israel. But in the eyes of the government, I'm an occupied person. So they created 65 laws to control my life, education, in labor, in movement. So anytime I wanted to leave my village to go to Akka or Haifa, five, six miles or 10 miles, 15 miles, I need to go to the military governor and get my, my permit. And if I'm found without that permit, they, uh, they take me uh, to court. And if I don't have the money, I go to jail. So the Palestinians who became citizens of the state of Israel, 155,000, we were under complete control. 
like a second, third class. So I couldn't move without uh, uh, that permit. So everything, they control our life from 48 to 66. After 1967, basically all of the Israeli military clutches went where? To Gaza and also the West Bank and East uh, Jerusalem. Right now, as I'm talking to you, suppose I'm a, a Palestinian Christian in Bethlehem. To go to Jerusalem, six miles north of Bethlehem, I cannot have a permit. I cannot go to a hospital without a permit. I cannot go to a university without a permit to travel. I cannot go to my field. So good old Americans are living in a dream world because we don't know uh, the facts. So I think uh, to me, after 55 in the United States, 55 years, I think the Israeli, uh, uh, a Jewish narrative is clear in the church, in the synagogue, in the magazines, and in television. How you, both of you are resurrecting our narrative. Our narrative that is Palestinians is a dead narrative in the psyche of good old Americans. Where, uh, Pastor Mike, do you think uh, we go from here? The uh, petitions have been signed and have been posted. Uh, but I believe, uh, gentlemen, that America has ADD. Uh, and uh, they just move on to the next news cycle. Uh, and every week we're seeing less and less coverage unless you're watching global television, uh, that you're not really seeing it. That We're just uh, finding ourselves back in uh, Trump television. Uh, every day that's uh, leading the headlines. How do we amplify uh, this message and keep it uh, before this uh, conscientious uh, group of uh, congregants? Well, I definitely think it is incumbent upon folks like uh, yourself and so many other Black pastors, uh, faith leaders across the country to keep speaking about this week to week, um, keep actively calling our folks to pray for peace in Palestine, the healing of the land and the people. It's important for us to call our elected officials in the meantime and ensure that they are like uh, uh, Senator Warnock just recently uh, signed on as uh, a supporter of a bill that would condition military funding moving forward to ensure that it does not violate human rights laws and international um, protections for civilians and women and children. There are policy uh, provisions that we can attach this activism to, this advocacy to, and dare I say, we ought to ensure that the president, as he makes his rounds across the country, is asked directly, what is his vision to ensure we do not create another series of endless wars in the Middle East? Uh, we as followers of Jesus, I believe, must become much more vocal in being against the spreading of wars, militarism, and other forms of violence under the auspices of our tax dollars. So praying, preaching, and advocacy, I think, must be a continuous part of how we move forward. Reverend Faid, I we think, yeah, uh, I think uh, I agree. We need to start right now in Atlanta, a weekly prayer Zoom uh, to focus on praying for Israel, praying for the Palestinian, praying for the ceasefire and, and, and. the other thing I think we need uh, to start uh, uh, sharing is how our 
members can already get in touch with their two senators and representatives. The election is coming. They need our vote and they need our money. So we need, really, since we are three ministers, we need to discover from the black church the power of advocacy that is spiritual. A good old, you know, a lot of people say when you advocate, that's not spiritual. We need to instill in the minds of people when we care for the poor, for the oppressed or the prisoner, we are in a journey of a spiritual journey. So we need to do some homework there. The other thing I'm thinking about, basically, uh, we really, uh, as Christians, Christian Zionism is so strong, mm. and uh, they are preaching really in a way that the Palestinians there as guests, okay, my mother. A church, an Orthodox church, 800 years old, the stone building. So the first building was, you know, 800. The second building was 1,000 after Jesus. The third building, uh, you know, it's 800 years old. How are you going to say to my dad and mother and family who went to the church, an Orthodox church, and uh, uh, say, look, Simply because you are a Christian and because you are a Palestinian, this church, this land is not yours. You need to go to Tennessee. On what basis? So using uh, a Christian Zionism as theology that the Palestinian Muslim and Christian need to get out of Palestine is a bloody uh, uh, teaching. So we need, as faith leaders, to really deal with Christian Zionism because it moves our members and it moves the senator and congress people and really it's really moving our politics to where it only for israel where only solution reverend uh, and mike we need to find a scenario that is a win-win for the first time in 75 years look we have seven million israeli jews and 7 million Palestinian uh, Arab Christians and Muslims. So if I take my American constitution and put it in Israel, it will blow it to pieces. Why? Because Israel is an ethno. And uh, in, in uh, 2017, they put it in the Canadian state, state law, that this land belongs only to the Jews. So to me, we need to challenge that theology. We need to challenge our uh, rabbis and synagogues and, and uh, people of faith that Israeli Jews are not going to go to Timbuktu. Palestinian Arabs are not going to go to Alabama. They need to find a way under a constitution to live, love, and respect one another. They are going Ooh. after a win-lose scenario and is not going to work i am a really inspired uh the bible is coming to pass they're really more for us and than against us uh you look around the world thousands are coming out uh in support of uh, this peace process and championing the ceasefire literally all over the world uh, and so different Pastor Mike, uh, than what our experience has been uh, in the civil rights struggle. We are not yes. in the minority. 
This is right. the very first time we've been in a call. <laughs> <laughs> Ever, Reverend we we used to have been the Underground Railroad. It is the very first time that we have had uh, global support uh, in what it is that we've been been endeavoring to do. I wanted to ask uh, both Pastor Mike and Reverend I've got lay people who are watching and clergy who are watching who don't live in Georgia, don't live in California, uh, but they want to know how they get involved and how uh, they can be a part of uh, this struggle. Uh, and uh, I'll leave with you, Pastor Mike, locally, uh, and then, I mean, nationally, uh, and Rem Faid, if there are other Georgia churches that want to uh, lock arms with us, if you'll give direction. But Pastor Mike, if you'll help uh, across the country or even around the world that want to be a part of what we're doing. Yes. Yeah, so I will put in the chat, uh, the link is still live for those who would like to add their names to the petition, which has become a way to connect yourself to this movement and this effort. Uh, if you're familiar with what a bit.ly is, it's kind of a prefix to a web address. So I'm just gonna give it to you real quick. All lowercase bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y backslash faith leaders for ceasefire. B-I-T dot L-Y backslash faith leaders for ceasefire. You can literally type that into your browser or go to the blackchurchpack.org website and you'll find the link on the homepage. You can attach yourself to this growing black church movement for peace, not just in Palestine, but in the Middle East, in Congo, in the Sudan, in Tigray. This effort has now opened up our consciousness within the black church about the many kinds of genocide and catastrophes that are happening in the Middle East and in Africa that require our voice. We ought not lose sight that the three soldiers who were killed That's right. uh, this last week are all from Georgia. Why mm -hmm. are black Georgians in Syria or in the Middle East um, in harm's way? This is the kind of activity that could trigger another endless war in the Middle East when we've just gotten ourselves out of Afghanistan after 30 years, 20 or 30 years of war and conflict in the aftermath of 9-11. So we believe that the bombing must stop, the rebuilding must begin, and the only way that can happen is for a bilateral ceasefire. Both sides must cease their military actions and it requires the United States, it requires Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and other partners to weigh in and put the two conflict, uh, two in, uh, entities conflicting out of spaces of peace, release all the hostages that both Israel is holding and Hamas is holding, bring in humanitarian aid and help rebuild Gaza with a right of return for those who've been displaced and a long-term peace process adding yourself to these petitions nationally allows us to continue to build the kind of political movement that is necessary here in the United States and abroad to follow our partners, or not partners, to follow our, our uh, African brothers and sisters like the country of South Africa who championed this case at the United Nations. We ought to join in that work. Again, bits.ly backslash fake leaders for ceasefire is the way to join this effort. In uh, Georgia and Atlanta, go ahead. No, I was yielding to uh, you. In, 
yeah, in Georgia and in Atlanta, uh, we want people to go to www.g for ga for Georgia. blackclergyfire.org and um, basically we started with the black clergy and right now we're shifting the second page we want uh, jewish christian muslim uh, uh, white hispanic every person of faith to sign our uh, uh, our uh, letter because it's a letter that asks for ceasefire and uh, we are asking the president to call for a ceasefire uh, there's something I since uh, the three of us are missed. Now, I want to understand, to call for a ceasefire is sinful, but to go to war and kill is okay. So I'm not, a, I don't know the culture. I don't know where I am at this point in history. To call for a ceasefire is wrong, but to go to war is okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a dark and dizzying uh, and a dismal time. And let me say, uh, on record, calling for ceasefire is not anti-Semitic. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I want that on record. Yes, uh, is that uh, not only do, in that ceasefire we want the release of hostages. In that ceasefire, we uh, speak against uh, the action of Hamas, uh, but we also are protecting the innocent women and children. And we want to say on record, the ceasefire is not the end all to be all. There needs to be a discussion on how it is that we move forward uh, from this critical point. I am uh, excited uh, to be with such radical and revolutionary and Jesus-like preachers uh, to really uh, speak in this hour uh, to the season. And I want you to know I feel emboldened and encouraged uh, to believe we're going to make a difference. Uh, and let me say to those of you who are viewing, this is our first time coming together on this platform uh, but we're going to be coming back, uh, especially Pastor Mike, as we get closer to the election uh, on what it is that we are asking. Uh, as you go to the polls, what should you be asking of your local elected officials, as well as what is our national mandate uh, as we head towards these conventions? Uh, I think that we've got to come up with strategy to make sure uh, that this is uh, brought to the floor. Uh, Reverend Faid, I appreciate you for entrusting uh, Pastor Mike and I uh, to carry the water uh, on an issue that is so near and dear to you. Uh, and I want you to know that you've got two brothers you can depend on and a thousand allies mm -hmm. who dared to put their name on a sheet of paper uh, to say that you're not in it by yourself. One of the greatest arsenal of the enemy is isolation. Mm -hmm. uh, to make you feel like you're in it by yourself, but you are not. We walk lockstep, uh, lockstep with you. Uh, and with our brothers and sisters uh, around the world. I wanted to ask if we can, Pastor Mike, if you'll close us in a word of prayer uh, for peace, obviously, in Palestine, but also uh, for an impact uh, in high places uh, that God would uh, do his perfect will. God of all creation, we come to you because we know that you are indeed the God of all creation. You are not just the God of America. You are not just the God of Europe. You're not just the God of uh, China or Russia. You're the God of Israel, of Palestine. You are the God of this world. And we ask you uh, to continue to infuse our hearts with courage, with clarity, with conviction, uh, with justice, with love, with peace, 
May we hold the tension that exists uh, among all parties in this land, but may we never silence our voices calling for the saving of lives, calling for the freedom and liberation of the occupied lands in Gaza and in the region of Palestine. We thank you for uh, Reverend Fahid, thank you for his witness and for his calling out to us. Thank you for Pastor Jamal Bryan and his willingness to always be on the right side of history. We pray for our president, this administration. We pray, God, for the turning of hearts. You say that you can move kings and you can move uh, rulers. And so we're asking for a miraculous movement towards peace in the Middle East, in Israel, in Palestine, in Gaza, uh, in Yemen, in Syria, in Iran, in Iraq. We're asking God for peace that allows the lives of families to exist in security, in happiness, and in uh, flourishing. So bless us, bless our efforts. We do this as uh, faithful followers of you. It is our heart's desire to please you, O oh God, for you have no pleasure in the death of anyone uh, and we will continue to seek your face, turn from our wicked ways, knowing that when we do so, you hear our voice, you heal our land and forgive our sin. We say thank you, God, for this sacred time. Bless us, this is our prayer. Healing, peace, security to all of our loved ones in Gaza and Palestinian and Israeli lands. We pray for peace. In the name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm grateful for all of you. Let us continuously lift our prayers. We're not looking for symbolic peace, but substantive peace. Uh, we want their actions to exceed our words. God bless all of you. Have a peaceful weekend and keep Palestine in your heart.